Nowadays, there's stuff, and there's stuff you don't need to know. A podcast that talks about geek and nerd culture and brings you the things that you want to hear about. Hey everybody, welcome back to Stuff You Don't Need to Know. This is Jay, and uh, this week I will not be talking about Batwoman because I guess uh, Kate Kane is taking a break with the opening of her bar, The Hold Up. Uh, Hopefully it's going to return this Sunday. I'm pretty sure it's going to return this Sunday. But in the meantime, I have returning from spring break, Cassie. Cassie is joining us today. How you doing? I'm doing good, yeah. So today, uh, we decided to take a look at a, an animated show uh, on DC DC Universe that just finished up, Harley Quinn. So, Cassie, my first question is, uh, when you heard that this show was coming out, what were your thoughts? Were you excited for it? Did you have any kind of preconceived notions? Uh, what was going on? I was, I was really excited for it because, um, I don't know, like, I don't know, because I, 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 just, I just knew it wasn't going to be like, they weren't going to do like, the 2016 Suicide Squad Harley Quinn because like I had a feeling like oh they're really gonna embrace like what makes Harley Quinn like Harley Quinn like the confidence the humor like all of that it's gonna be good so yeah yeah and uh, I mean you know right off the bat I think DC let everybody know that this wasn't really gonna be a cartoon for the kiddies to watch I mean this was a very very adult cartoon I mean look you know you are of legal age so no issues there but uh what were your thoughts on that, 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 that this was really an adult cartoon? I mean, like, I thought it was fine because, um, I don't know, like, I think we've talked about it before, but, like, how, like, you know, most comic book media isn't being, like, digested by, like, kids anymore. It's being digested by people my age. So it's like, you know, I kind of wish that all, that all, like, or at least most, or more, more, we could start with more, more comic book media would be more adult. Like, not like, maybe not as much as Harley Quinn, but you know, maybe like Birds of Prey, which wasn't like overly violent or like overly too much cursing. And then, yeah. Okay, so Harley Quinn uh, is voiced by Kelly Cuoco. If you're not sure who Kelly Cuoco is, she was Penny from The Big Bang Theory. How'd you think she'd do uh, as Harley Quinn? I think it's really good because honestly, sometimes like, like you know, like Injustice Two, Harley Quinn, the Terry, the 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 Tara Strong. Sometimes that gets a little too much. I'm like, does anybody really talk like that? But then, which you know, I know it's a comic book, but it's just like when I hear her voice, I'm like, yeah, no. Like if 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 Harley Quinn were around in real life, this is what she would sound like. This is how she would act. This is how she would talk. Yeah, and you know, for those, and I, I guess you know, right now going forward, I should really put the spoiler the spoiler warning up there because uh, we're going to talk about some episodes. We're going to definitely talk about content. I mean, I definitely liked it because really, you knew right off the bat that this was Kelly Cuoco. She doesn't really disguise her voice. She doesn't put on that classic like Harley Quinn type voice. She doesn't uh, do the Brooklyn. Well, she she doesn't do like she doesn't do like the oh yeah like kind of like Brooklyn accent, but it's just like it's a more practical one. <laughs> No, it definitely is. And I think, I mean, for me, I think one of the things we noticed right off the bat, I mean, you know, it doesn't matter which version of Harley Quinn we're talking about. We know that Harley Quinn, uh, you know, she she doesn't exactly have all the sandwiches in the picnic basket up there. And I think that, uh, you know, Kelly Cuoco did a great job of really portraying kind of the craziness that is Harley Quinn. What would you think? Yeah, it was good because it wasn't like. 
because it wasn't like uh it wasn't it wasn't like it wasn't like a stylized craziness but it wasn't like trying to be like an actual like somebody it, it wasn't trying to like de- you know it didn't try to be like this is what it's actually like it was just um it was just i don't know what i'm saying we can add that. practical yeah it was practical yeah yeah practical i mean <laughs> i think you know it, it made harley quinn sound like a real person um you know, you know, people that listen to the show know that a few episodes back, I did my review of uh, Birds of Prey, The Emancipation of One Harley Quinn. Uh, I definitely enjoyed the film. I can tell you, I know for a fact that Cassie enjoyed the film. Yeah. Just really quick before we dive into uh, the animated series here, uh, Margot Robbie compared to, to Kelly Kuoko. I mean, do you think they both did a good job? One do a little bit better than the other? I mean, I know one's live action, one's animated, but just kind of compare the, the two most recent Harley Quinns. Um, I think they both did a good job with like the way they were playing the character. I just prefer the way that Kaylee Cuoco played it because I don't know. It just it just seems more real. Like the Birds of Prey, Harley Quinn seem more like stylized, but this one seemed more grounded yet. It seemed grounded yet stylized. I don't know. Okay, no, I think that's a good way of putting it. I mean, I think Margot Robbie brought in a little bit of the original Harley Quinn, uh, who was originally voiced by Arlene Sorkin. Um, you know, she wasn't heavy on that, like, really overdone Brooklyn accent, but it did come out a bit. Uh, you know, and again, Kelly Kuoko pretty much used her natural voice. I'm sure she added a little little zing to it, whatever. So anyway, you know, first episode starts, and I think right off the bat, they let you know what kind of cartoon this is, because uh, we see this giant yacht, we see an obscene pile of money, we see a lot of, like, old, rich, fat, white men, and the leader of these old, rich, fat, white men gets up there and he's like, my fellow white men, I raise a toast to you for basically ripping everybody off. And uh, you're not going to say what he says. Oh. Well, uh, you know, this is uh, this is this is uh, this is a podcast. Uh, it's a family podcast. It's a family okay. podcast. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it's a little more colorful than that. But, uh, you know, I mean, right away, I mean, I think. I think right away they set the tone for the cartoon. I mean, by the way, uh, the guy leading the toast there pulls off a mask. Actually, not really a mask. But he's, actually, like, he's wearing his skin. <laughs> he's wearing his skin. And it's the Joker. Now, you know, as much as we talked about Harley Quinn and Kelly Cuoco voicing the Joker, uh, Cassie, tell us, who was, the vo- uh, who was the voice of Joker in this one? Yeah, Alan Tudyuk. He did a really good job. He's like... I really like Alan Tudyuk. You know, he does Green Arrow. He does Mr. Nobody. And then he really does a good job as the Joker in the special surprise character that will come in later. Yeah, we'll definitely talk about because he does do another voice in this show. Uh, I mean, I think when people think of Joker, Mark Hamill from Batman the Animated Series and a few other things. Uh, people will also think Heath Ledger. So... Alan Tudyk's Joker, where did that stack? Where did he stack up for you? What, how do you think of his performance? Um, yeah, you see, 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 because it depends, because if you're watching, because, like, if you're, um, if you're watching, because, like, it, 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 for what it is, I think he's the best choice for how the show is, because how it's, like, you want, like, a Joker who still kind of has that personality of him being a horrible person, but, you know, like, it's still a comedy at the end of the day, so it's just, like, he's still able to kind of bring in, like, legitimate laughs, and, but... He wouldn't. He wouldn't be good if he were like in any of the Arkham games. Like that would just be weird. Or if he, or if he was like, uh, say, like um, Dark Knight Returns or Under the Red Hood. Yeah, no, it would not. That would not work. Yeah, 
Yeah, because I mean, definitely this Joker was to me, it was a bit more of a, like a throwback Joker, almost almost kind of back to a Cesar Romero yeah, type. Yeah, I mean, maybe not as like giggly. I mean, he definitely had some great like off lines and things like that. But um, so really the, the premise of this is, is early on Harley Quinn finally, well, I don't know if she finally realizes it or somebody helps her finally realize it, that her relationship with Joker is toxic. Uh, the show starts off, like I said, they're, they're pulling this heist off. Uh, they're, they're stealing an obscene amount of money from just a group of rich, rich old white men who basically run the world. Um, and as always, Batman shows up uh, to, to foil the plans. And Joker pretty much uses her as a human shield. And like, you know, don't worry, I'll come back for you. Uh, we cut to Arkham. And this is what I love. This is one of the things I love about this show. Um, is they brought in a lot of like BC and D-level DC heroes, yeah. characters, whatnot. Because right away we see her in Arkham. And uh, she's convinced. Mr. J is going to come yeah. for her. Poison Ivy's telling her. And she's like, no, no, he's coming for me. You know, I've only been here a week. He's like, no, you haven't. Hey, Calendar Man, how long? <laughs> and he counts like this specific amount of days. And then his wife goes, oh, so you know how long that like crazy like stripper clown has been in here, but not your son's birthday. Yeah, but I love it because Calendar Man, because it's just like, how long has he been here, Calendar Man? Oh, hey, Harley. Yeah, you've been in here uh, six weeks, seven, you know, it's like, uh, it's just really. So, uh, you know, Harley's basically, I think she's in there for like a year, right? She's, she's like, in there for a year, yeah. She's in there for a year. Poison Ivy's had enough of it and finally breaks her out. When did you detect that Poison Ivy was in love with Harley Quinn? <laughs> uh, as soon as I got back to her apartment. And then she was just like, and just the way that they were interacting with each other. And I was like, oh, yeah, this is this is not platonic. Okay. Well, well, it's definitely not platonic coming from Ivy's standpoint. Because I think, I mean, I think Harley was pretty clueless, too. Yeah, no, she, I, yeah, yeah. She's pretty clueless there. But, like, Ivy, you could tell, is, yeah. I mean, Ivy, and, you know, we'll talk about some later episodes where she almost just blatantly comes out and says, you know, I love, I love you. you. Yeah. Um, so really, so she she breaks out. She finally decides, uh, yeah, Joker, it, that's a toxic relationship. Uh, she wants to be taken seriously. So she figures the best way to do that is to join the LOD. Yeah, Legion of Doom. The Legion of Doom. So, uh, you know, she she tries all these different things, and she kind of comes to the conclusion that she needs to put together a crew. Yeah. So I think, is Dr. Psycho the first one? Dr. Psycho is the first one, yeah. So Dr. Psycho is the first one that she recruits. Uh, who's Dr. Psycho, for those that don't know? Dr. Psycho is a classic Wonder Woman villain. You see him fighting Wonder Woman in this in the beginning, and kind of, um, because the, the creator of Wonder Woman... Or at least, you know, the the man behind Wonder Woman, because I know mm -hmm. there's a lot of inspiration from his partners. But, um, yeah, he was a professor. And he kind of based Dr. Psycho off, like, the weird, overly misogynistic, really touchy kind of professors that he would work with. And it really shows in this. <laughs> yeah, so Dr. Psycho is, I mean, you know, not to be politically correct. I mean, Dr. Psycho is... Uh, he's like a raging misogynist, yeah. And he's a dwarf, basically. Yeah. Uh, he does have psychic abilities. Uh, he... 
He's basically, he's like a telekinetic. He's, uh, he reads minds. He can go into minds. Uh, and really what it is, is Harley's sort of like lamenting, like, you know, I need a crew. Ivy's like, you don't need a crew. You're a strong, capable, powerful woman. Yeah. You can do whatever you want. And, uh, you know, they're watching Dr. Psycho battle Wonder Woman on TV. It's a pretty good battle until he drops the C word. I think yeah. you know what I mean there. <laughs> to which Harley's like, you see, now, if he was a member of a crew, I would have turned him to use the B word. Oh. Okay. Um, So she recruits Dr. Psycho. Uh, I think the next one. They go to the bar because she meets him at the bar. She goes to the villain bar because she doesn't want to recruit him. She says, like, wow, that guy's hopeless. Like, he'll never work again. And and she runs into him at the bar where she goes, where she sees Lex Luthor. And he goes, like, yes, Dr. Psycho does not fit in with our brand of evil. He is out of the Legion of Doom. So then that's what makes him hopeless enough to join Harley Quinn. So the next uh, next one to join the crew is who? Clayface. Voiced by? Alan Tudyuk, again! So now, you know, I don't really know much about Clayface. So, I mean, obviously, compared to comic book Clayface, how, how is this Clayface similar and how is he different from what you've read in the comics? Well, um, he, he's, he's a lot... S- He's a lot sillier, you know. Ab- yes, yeah. Yeah, obviously, like that's how they that's how they spun him for this. But Basil Carlo is an actor. Before he became Clayface, he was a world-renowned actor, and they're kind of James Tinian the Fourth kind of brought that back in with his comics, where he would practice with Cassandra Kane. They would run lines before his big auditions. Yeah, so you know, in in the Harley Quinn version here in the animated series here, I mean, he's he's clearly an actor. Not a very good one, though. <laughs> yeah, no. He just goes, yes, I shall put emphasis on the correct words. Yes. Uh, Clayface, they use him like throughout the series sort of like to infiltrate things. Uh, he could disguise himself. And the thing is, is they just need him to like, you know, be generic guard number like letter B. But he doesn't do that, does yeah, he? He makes a backstory. It's just like he needs to go in like they, they need to go into the GCPD. And they're like, just just cause a distraction. He goes like, yes, I shall go in as Susan Stronghold, a saucy divorcee. <laughs> and then he makes his whole backstory up for her. Yeah, and it works sometimes, and other times it doesn't work. So they're beginning to form the crew. Uh, They're not getting the attention that they want. And, uh, you know, Clayface is a great idea. He's got a guy that, you know, really helped him get a lot of exposure. He took my Instagram from H2, wait for it, 18 viewers. And who is this uh, technical genius that they bring in? It is King Shark. (laughs) Now, King Shark, uh, you know, this is definitely not the comic book version of King Shark at all. If you don't know, um, recently in the new Suicide Squad, King Shark ripped a man in half and ate the upper part of his body. So this is not that King Shark. No, this King Shark, while he might look like the... Actually, does he look like the comic book version? Because I've never seen the comic book version. Comic book version just wears pants and he's a lot more muscly. Like, this King Shark's a little chubby. Yeah, and he's basically... He's, he's like, as he, he would say, he's about average size for a shark, but a little bit larger for a man. Yeah. Um, he's definitely a technical genius. He's sort of the... Uh, he's like the tech guy of the crew. Uh, so the crew is coming together here, and uh, Harley decides... Best thing, okay, I need a nemesis. Yeah. So she decides to pull off some capers. Actually, she steals the Batmobile. She does steal the Batmobile. She yeah. does steal the, Bat- the Batmobile in a very creative way because the the uh, the locks of the Batmobile is voice activated. She basically takes 
recordings of Batman. And basically, you know, gets gets Batman to open up the Batmobile for Harley! Yeah, it, it just goes, I need you to open the car for Harley. So she steals the Batmobile. She figures this will get Batman's attention. She drives it all around the city. She causes chaos. And then we see, you know, looming above, you know, you see that 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 caped Avenger, but it is not Batman. Yes, it is Damian Wayne. Damian Wayne Robin. Because, like, I remember watching the preview. And then I said, oh, Robin. And then I heard and then I heard it. And it was, it, was, it was Damian Wayne. And I was like, they know the full potential of what they could do if they bring in Damian. And they used him perfectly. And this was, really, like, really a great episode. Because it's Harley's looking for a nemesis. Damian uh, is also looking for... He's looking for a nemesis. He's looking for, he's looking for a nemesis. He's pretty much looking for a nemesis. Uh, Damian, he's what? He's about, like, a, what, 11 years old? 10 years old? Yeah, I think in this he's supposed to be around 11 years old, yeah. He's the son of Bruce Wayne and... Talia al Ghul. Talia al Ghul. Okay, thank you. Uh, so, yeah, he basically, he wants a nemesis. Harley is like, you know, I'm not fighting a kid. No way. Yeah, because it's bad. <laughs> not, not because she's, not because she has a code. She's just like, it's not cool. It's not cool to have a nemesis that's a kid. Yeah, but, you know, Danny. She wants one with a little hair on his chest. Yeah. Oh, yeah, we get a great one there. Yeah, she's, yeah, where Harley's like, you know, I just want a nemesis with hair on his chest, to which Ivy's like, you know, well, that rules out Batman. Catwoman says he shaves everything. He waxes. Oh, Batman I'm sorry. waxes. Batman waxes everything. Whoop. So, uh, you know, still, she's trying to find a nemesis. Uh, I believe it's Lois Lane. Lois Lane writes a very derogatory article about Harley Quinn. So she figures, this is my chance. I'm I'll going to kidnap Lois Lane. I will kidnap Lois Lane. Uh, you know, ends up kidnapping Lois Lane. Superman shows up. Um, you know, but he pretty much, like, he shows up and he's like, you got this, babe, right? Like, <laughs> we're cool here. Yeah. But Damien also shows up as well. And, I mean, the exchange, first of all, the exchange between Damien and Superman was absolutely hilarious. Yeah. Like, because, like, Damien goes, like, isn't there a cat stuck up in a tree somewhere, Boy Scout? And he's like, oh, Boy Scout, look at him. Isn't he cute? He's like, and then he's like, he's like, all right, well, I'm going to take off. Uh, you got this one, right, champ? All right. Now, just relax. Don't worry. Everything will be fine. Yeah. So the thing is, is Harley can't escape it. You know, he, uh, Damien goes on the, uh, it was the Tawny show. Yeah, the Tawny show, Which yeah. is supposed to be like a Wendy Williams type show. Uh, you know, and she's like, yeah, aren't you a cute little sweet potato pie? And uh, he's basically proclaiming that, you know, he kicked Harley Quinn's butt. You know, she's his, like, Harley Quinn begged him. Begged him to be his. Uh, nemesis. To be her nemesis. Uh, so Harley's having none of it. So she comes up with a plot where she's going to, uh, she's going Scare. to kidnap, she's going to kidnap Damien and scare him using King Shark uh, and it's great because like King Shark's like wait a minute you want me to get into a tank and be a shark like this is this is wrong yeah. so Clayface of course the actor will step up he says he says he says yes I will be the shark rah rah and then he goes that was racist on so many levels he's like fine I'll just do it he goes but there's not going to be any blood right because I don't do well with blood so uh, you know pretty much uh, they got Damien dangling over the shark tank <laughs> King Shark is swimming around trying to be a shark. <laughs> he's wearing like Hawaiian swim trunks, yeah. And he's swimming around trying to be, trying to be, uh, you know, trying to be a, an intimidating shark. And uh, Harley starts to get him to admit that he he made up the whole thing. He's not her nemesis. Uh, and I guess because he gets very nervous, he gets a bloody nose, yeah. and the blood drips into the tank. Uh, and what is King Shark's reaction to blood? Yeah, King Shark like goes crazy, and he's like. 
legitimately trying to kill Damien. He basically becomes bloodthirsty, and to which, you know, uh, Clayface is sort of like, oh, I thought he just would get nauseous or something. And <laughs> Dr. Cycle's like, yeah, we totally read that one wrong. Uh, so basically, you know, she puts this crew together, uh, and it's great because we see her develop this crew. She pretty much, it starts off that she's using them to get the attention of the Legion of Doom, but they really do come together and, and they do become a legitimate yeah. crew. Um, we see her trying very hard to get away from Joker, but she really struggles with that. Ivy is always there for her. Uh, finally, she gets an invite. She gets an invite to the Legion of Doom, kind of like, you know, hey, we're auditioning some people. We're considering some people for a new position, but they do put a caveat on it. They do want, you know... Ivy to be there. Yeah, Ivy, you know, Harley, you can come. Ivy has to be there. Uh, they're also considering KG Beast, I believe. Yeah, KG Beast, yeah. Yeah, so we, 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 you know, we get to see some of the members of the Legion of Doom. Lex Luthor, of course, heads it up. Joker is a key member. Bane! And Bane! And you said, which version of Bane is this? This is the Tom Hardy Bane. And he's voiced by James Adomian, which, if you don't know James Adomian, he's, like, really funny, so... Yes, excellent stand-up comedian, James Adomian. Uh, yeah, he's, he's kind of doing that Tom Hardy, you know... Uh, oh, this is a very special night for young Joshua. <laughs> yes, that's when Harley crashes Penguin's nephew's uh, bar, bar mitzvah. mitzvah. Um, yeah, and it's, uh, you know, they pretty much, uh, they're really strongly, they're going to strongly consider Harley... Uh, but Lex Luthor pulls uh, Ivy aside and he's like, look, you're our real target. We want you. Uh, you join the Legion of Doom and your pal Harley will get in. Um, these couple of episodes were really, really good because, you know, Harley is so focused on getting the Legion of Doom. You know, Ivy pretty much comes up and tells her, you know, hey, come on, get out of here. You know, you don't need these guys. You could do this on your own. Not even you and I could do this. Yeah, just her. Like, like Ivy really believes in Harley. You know, you could do this. You know, you could do this, Harley. You know, you don't, you don't need them. And then basically is like, look, you know, the only reason they brought you here is because they want me. But then Lex makes the announcement that Harley, Harley Quinn got in. Right. So it does cause a rift between them. And uh, you, you know, I, I thought that was like one of the kind of the saddest scenes is is when it looks like they were going to reconcile. Um, I think Ivy texts uh, Harley, and Harley was going to text her back. And you see the you know, the, the dots. classic the dots, and you know you see kind of Ivy sit up, and then it she all stops, goes blank. Man. Yeah. Um, now speaking of the Legion of Doom, I believe this is where we're introduced to a very D level villain who uh, is very attracted to Ivy. Kite Man. Hell yeah! That's how he says it. So tell us, give us a little background. Who is Kite Man? Kite Man was, he was originally a villain from the 60s. His whole master plan was all rob penthouse apartments. But when people rob penthouse apartments, they get caught because they have to escape on the ground where the police are. So I'll just wear a giant kite on my back so I can escape. But the reason he says hell yeah, it's this whole convoluted thing from the recent Batman where his son died thinking he was going to hell. So now he says hell yeah to kind of like atone for it. But you don't get any of that. <laughs> There's, that's not suggested in this. It's just a little callback to that. It's definitely a little callback to that. And it's it's his hell yeah is more of a oh yeah. Yeah, I'm he's bad. Just, yeah. yeah, like he thinks he's cool. Yeah. Uh, you know, he's clearly hitting on Ivy. Ivy's very, very not interested until later on we see that they do end up dating. They do end up dating. Yeah. Uh, Harley, I'm sorry, Ivy is very ashamed to be seen with him. Uh, and you know what? For a guy that, like, you know, was very attracted to Ivy, clearly came off as kind of really only wanting one thing from her. He was very hurt by it. Uh, and I think, you know, 
Overall, and, and we're going to talk more about the, the story and everything. I mean, overall, I mean, this was a very funny cartoon. Episode after episode, we're laughing. But, I mean, you have to admit that there were some really great, aside from the main storylines, you know, the relationships between Ivy and Harley, uh, Harley and her crew, and even Ivy and Kite Man. I mean, this was some good storytelling, you know, because, you know, Cassie is a writer. So, I mean, what did you think of the writing overall uh, in this series? Um. I don't know. I really liked it. Um, we, we were just talking about uh, Ivy and Kite Man, and I kind of like that it showed. It was kind of able to pull off um, something that a lot of that a lot of stories try to do, where they try to where they try to show something very complex, but they're only able to kind of harp on one aspect of the complexity. Mm-hmm. But kind of with this one, you're kind of able to see that, yeah. She does like Kite Man, but still she likes Harley more and she's and that she, you know, Harley isn't giving her anything, so she's staying with Kite Man. And all of those things are existing equally in her performance and how it's written, and it's all balanced really well. But the thing I really like the most about it is um the Joker and Harley, they really go into it like, yeah, this this is like a comedy, but they don't they they, they really don't shy away from how what Harley feels like how it feels to try to move on from somebody who was bad to you how hard it is to you know not talk to them anymore and how hard it is to rebuild your life after that and especially when they're still very much present in your life how to balance that it was all very realistic and I, that those are really my favorite parts yeah and I mean I think they did a great job of kind of blending the humor I mean the humor I think really helps you through the story a lot uh, and again I mean a lot of the a lot of the jokes and a lot of the action that happened is funny but there's definitely a lot of sentiment there there's definitely a lot of heart there um I mean, even even something as simple as the relationship between Ivy and Frank the Plant. Yeah. Frank the Plant voiced, I believe he's voiced by J.B. Smooth. Uh, it really sounded like J.B. Smooth, so I'm like 90% sure it was J.B. Smooth. <laughs> but, I mean, you know, Frank the Plant is basically, he's like a living plant, he, like up until Up until Harley, she, he was the only um, meaningful relationship in Ivy's life. Yeah, and, you know, again, J.B. Smooth, very, very funny, and it is kind of played for comedy, but, I mean, you you, you can even see... That he cares for Ivy. Like, he makes jokes, like, who's going to water my plant? Am I going to have to get a pot guy? Like, whoa. But then it's just, like, when Ivy's in trouble, like, he, he like, he dry, like, he drives a car from Mexico to Gotham to save her. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, yeah, because, you know, so as we mentioned, uh, Harley finally does get into the Legion of Doom and, you know, it's definitely not what she expected. I mean, she she definitely has stars in her eyes. She feels that she's finally made it. Um, but right away, it's all's not what it seems. Uh, her crew is pretty much relegated to the Goon Squad. Yeah, to Henchmen. Uh, you know, who's signed out by Bane. We're going to do some explosions <laughs> Because there's this guy at, like, the coffee place. He keeps calling him Bang. Yeah, I think his name is Jeremy. Yeah. He's just like, Jeremy keeps calling me Bang. And they go to blow it up and then king shark is in there and then king shark basically gets blown up like his his fins fall off then bane is like what happened was jeremy there and he goes he doesn't work wednesdays and and all bane has to say is oh they must have changed the schedule and but then we see later on you know just totally unrelated you know we see joker talking i think to scarecrow and he's like yeah so i paint him every day to call him bang so basically he said that to harley oh he said it to harley Yeah. yeah so you know 
Harley makes it. She's there. Uh, her crew re- relegated to henchmen. Uh, she promises to try to fix it, but you know she really wants to make a name for herself. Joker, pretty much, you know. I mean, the psychological warfare that Joker commits against Harley here. Yeah. I mean, again, it could definitely be played for last, but I think you know, like you showed, trying to get away, you know, showing somebody trying to get away from a toxic relationship, working very, very hard, is almost there, and then is really just getting sucked right back in, right? Yeah, no, it's it's extremely hard, especially because you can tell that going into these situations. Harley knows that she needs to be careful. She needs to keep her guard up. But it's just, it's difficult to do that. And it and it doesn't try to shame Harley like, I know, that, like, if this show came out in the early 2000s or in the 90s, it definitely would have tried to shame Harley to be like, oh, like, you're not good enough to get away from him. But this really shows it how difficult it is. And even when you mess up, yeah, you messed up, but it's not your fault. And it was good to show that. Yeah, because basically, you know, the Joker really makes it seem like things like they they could patch things up and things are going to be different. But in the end, when Batman does show up, she wants to be once again becomes that human shield. And as he's literally tossing her away and she flies past uh, the Batwing, you know, Batman just kind of like as he's pursuing the Joker just goes... Some people never change, Quinn. You know, yeah. and he and he kind of says it. You know, he he's not mocking he's not talking her. down to. Her. He's just said like he just said like he's like I'm sorry, but sorry. That's, that's who he is. Yeah, basically. Oh, and after I get him, I will get you and take you. <laughs> yeah, Arkham, I'll take you basically. Arkham too, yeah. Um, another character that we kind of skipped over because I kind of forget where she appeared. Uh, Queen of Fables. Queen of Fables, voiced by Rhonda Sykes. Yes. Oh my God. Better than Ellen. Don't at me. <laughs> Uh, is she in the comics, Queen of Fables? Because I, yeah, no, she is. She is a JLA villain from the '90s. Um, pretty much the same thing. I don't know if she was trapped in a UX task ta- tax book, but pretty much, yeah, she had the power to uh, create fairy tales, and fairy tales like wreak havoc. I think it was. Um, I think it was written right before Mark Wade took over, so things were in a slump, and that's when Queen of Fables came in, and Mark Wade is like, nah, 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 I got this. <laughs> yeah, so Queen of Fables, voiced by Wanda Sykes, uh, yeah, she was trapped in a uh, U.S. tax code book. So she became an accountant. <laughs> she became an accountant. She kind of becomes a mentor to Harley. Uh, and when finally uh, the she J- gets let out. Yeah, the JLA is sort of like, you know, your sentence is over. No. <laughs> like, a court said that her punishment was unconstitutional. Oh, you're right. So they they let her out, uh, and she decides to team up with Harley. And Ivy's like, no, 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 no. Queen of Fables is like hardcore, and she proves to be very, very hardcore. Um, And the bloodline, and the bloodline. Yeah, (laughs) because what happens is they're trying to they're trying to break into Cord Industries, and I'm like, okay, Ted Cord can barely afford instant ramen. How much security could he possibly have? (laughs) But then, um. They're trying to break into Cord Industries, and they're doing recon, and a little kid sees them, and then mm-hmm. uh, Harley and Queen of Fables follow them back, and they say, oh, he's from, like, a family reunion, Then Harley's like, oh, I should go talk to him, and then Queen of Fables is like, no, it's okay, I got this, and she basically kills everybody. <laughs> With a big bad wolf, Yeah, she has maybe. the wolf eat them. Yeah, and then, you know, pretty much tells, you know, Harley and her crew to, like, you know, make sure nobody's left alive. Uh, Harley does find somebody left alive, uh, a young man. He's 
He's clearly very, very distraught. Harley does feel bad, uh, lets him live. Uh, but then he he somehow gains powers and comes back for revenge. Voiced by Phil Lamar. <laughs> Which, and this, you know, again, this causes a rift uh, really between Harley and Queen of Fables where Harley's like, look, I want to be bad, but I don't want to be your level of bad. So, you know, they definitely part ways. Uh, we'll definitely see her later. So, you know, Harley realizes the Legion of Doom is not for her. She's got to really go out on her own. She reunites with her crew uh, because... Because Ivy, they want to help Ivy. Yeah, because they basically want to help Ivy. And and that's the thing, is is that's the goal all along, is to get Ivy. Uh, I believe it's Scarecrow. Scarecrow uh, actually ends up taking Ivy... Uh, using her, what is what is what is it to like enhance? Like he's gonna mix her pheromones or like his fear toxin to like make the plants like monsters. Yeah, basically, and uh, you know, really just try to take over Gotham. Uh, the whole crew shows up, uh, and again, they're not there to support Harley. They're there because you know, throughout all this, Ivy was the one constant good. Really, in all their lives. Yeah, because, like, Harley, like, they loved Harley, but, like, Harley, <laughs> Harley Harley wasn't always the best, so they wanted to do it for Ivy. Yeah, and they definitely did. You know, they, they, they did it for Ivy. They rescue Ivy. Uh, you know, Scarecrow unleashes this brand new toxin. The plants come to life. Uh, Jim Gordon decides it's finally time to roll out the tanks. The tank that the taxpayers paid for. <laughs> I can't do that now. I have to be prudent. <laughs> um, so I think what's great here is is you know they they come together. They're they're fighting back. Uh, Queen of Fables shows up again around this part because we realize it's Joker that's kind of behind everything. Yeah, like jo- like Joker, like he takes over the Legion of Doom, and like Scarecrow's kind of like the replacement Harley. Yeah, he's kind of like Joker's lackey here. Uh, he partners with Queen of Fables to try to get rid of them. Uh, and this is this is one of my favorite scenes is where she unleashes the big bear. Oh, she, no, she unleashes Grandma Wolf on them. Yeah, like like Little Red Riding Hood Grandma Wolf. Yeah, so... You Clayface. Know, yeah, so, uh, yeah, uh, Grandma Wolf, the big bad wolf, is chasing them. And Clayface, again, the actor that he is, comes up with the great idea of playing Grandpa Wolf. <laughs> <laughs> Bubby, Bubby, it is I, Grandpa Wolf, to which Dr. Psycho goes, first of all, it's a male wolf dressed up as a female, and second of all, why'd was, you go Jewish? Yeah, why is he Jewish? <laughs> I took a shot. Um, so, really, you know, this battle this battle continues. Uh, they defeat Grandma Wolf. It's King Shark that does it, because as he says, people ask, who would win between a shark and a wolf? It's, it's a shark. shark. Uh, they... They take out Queen of Fables. Harley Quinn literally just knocks her head right off her shoulders. Did not expect that to happen. Neither did Harley Quinn. But, you know, these 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 newly dosed, uh, you know, super plants, super trees are on the loose. So, you know, Ivy comes up with the idea that she'll ingest this new toxin herself, uh, which will make her grow. Now... This was great because earlier when we meet Dr. Psycho, Dr. Psycho was married to... Giganta. Yes. Mm, so... Giganta. <laughs> so he Ivy, has a type. He has a type. Because Ivy drinks the serum, she grows 50 feet tall, and Dr. Psycho is Pulls very, out like very a wad of 20s and he's like, 
200 to put me in your pocket. And he turns and like, what? I got to type. You people knew this. Yeah. Um, Ivy pretty much fights back. And again, it's absolutely amazing because she's fighting giant killer trees and she feels very bad about it. Like she um, rips one in half and she sees how many rings he had. And she was like, oh no, he was only a kid. Uh, they do save the day. And this is where we get the really obvious, you know. This that is, she's in love with Harley. Like this is, this is it, yeah. Yeah, uh, you know, because uh, Harley, gets, Harley gets thrown. Um, she catches. She catches her, has her in the palm of her hand, and, you know, she's like, Ive, thanks, thanks for saving me, you know, you didn't have to do that, and, I mean, Ivy, I I forget what her exact line is, but she's basically like, you know. She's like, everything I love I can hold in my hand, like Like something like that. Right, which is basically she's holding Harley Harley in the palm of her hand, and then the line, you know, how messed up would it be if I ate you right now? Uh, And they start laughing, and then the Joker takes her out. Um, Yeah. You know, harpoon through the chest, uh, she does die. Um, they do bury her. And this is, again, this is where we see, you know, Frank the Plant, you know, how much he actually loves Ivy because, yeah. uh, you know, her tombstone just says... Pamela Isley. And he's like, you know, she was a doctor, damn it. <laughs> yeah, and then they carve in Dr. Pamela Isley. Yeah, and basically now Joker pretty much takes over everything. Uh, you know, Harley wants revenge. Uh, Dr. Psycho is actually the one that calms her down and is like, you know, you need a plan. Yeah. Uh, they try one plan, which is basically... <laughs> to have Clayface disguise himself as Batman uh, for Harley to say, you know, hey, look, Joker, I, I caught Batman for you. But, uh, you know, Joker Joker makes Harley sing a, a birthday, happy birthday song. The happy birthday song. And, you know, Clayface, Clayface can't help it. <laughs> the actor that he is, and I love Dr. Psycho, is like, stop singing, you fool. Yeah. Uh, you know, so uh, the plan is it goes kaput. Uh, the crew is captured. So Harley really is desperate, so she turns to the one person she probably doesn't want to turn to, which is Batman. Yeah. Uh, she enlists Batman's help. She basically, again, causes a distraction, so Batman can sneak that in. Was, that was the birthday. That was oh, that was the birthday one. You're right. Yeah, yeah, because then when he sings, that's when the Joker realizes Batman's in his thing. And Batman snuck in, but the Joker's ready for him. He pretty much captures Batman, captures Harley's crew, puts like a $10 million bounty on Harley's head. Uh, and this is great because, you know... You know, Joker has everything he wants, and he's absolutely bored. He's yeah. he's just you know. I mean, do you think do you think Joker would really be like that, or was this just done for the show? No, because I think I think he <laughs> said like, like he has power over everybody else, but he can't. But he doesn't have power over the one person that he really because he doesn't love Harley. He hates her, but you know, like that kind of thing. But they're like. Like that, that this person that he like hates so much that he doesn't have power over her, that would drive him crazy. So he he basically controls Gotham. Uh, you know, it's like he's telling jokes every minute. You don't laugh, you get shot. Uh, he's torturing Batman and. Scarecrow comes up with a great idea of, well, let's see who it is. And he pulls off the mask and they see that it's Bruce Wayne. (laughs) To which Joker was like, you know, he's like, I never knew who he was. Now I know he's just some rich billionaire with mommy issues. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) And then right after, and then he kills Scarecrow. Throws acid in his face, yeah. Kills Scarecrow and then turns turns to Bruce Wayne and was like, Wayne Industries promised me an electric car. I put a deposit down. Where's my car, Bruce? (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Harley does come back, though. Harley, uh, you know, again... Sees the crew is going to be killed, so she shows up. She shows up, she gets captured, and Joker is like... Yeah, he's basically... He's like, yeah, you're the one thing. You're the one thing that I can't control. She's like, so you're going to kill me? He's like, no. 
I'm and going to erase you. Yeah. Uh, he's going to have her jump back into the Vatican. No, you missed it. Oh, go for no, it. No, there, um, like, the big part is that when she's there, he says, I'll release the crew, but you have to put the costume back on. The original, the original Harley, Batman the yeah. Animated Series Harley Quinn costume. And yeah. then she, and then she says, she said, because like th- at this point, like, well, no, no. But then, like, she says, she says, like, I would rather die than put that back on. But then he says, like, oh, you may be ready to die, but your crew isn't. Yeah. And then he says, like, if you don't put it on, I'm going to kill them. And then that's what leads to the fight, which leads to her going back to Ace Chemicals. Right. And, you know, he's pretty much like, you know, I'm going to push you back into the chemicals. It's going to take away everything that makes you Harley Quinn. You'll be nobody. Uh, But she sees the vines. Uh, She realizes that Poison Ivy is back. Uh, They defeat Joker. Uh, pretty much when they do that, the whole, you know, he sets off like a self-destruct, uh, Batman sacrifices himself or appears to sacrifice himself. He'll be back. They won't kill Batman. He can't kill Batman. Uh, but he sacrifices himself to save, uh, Harley and Ivy. And, uh, yeah, it pretty much ends with Gotham in ruins. There's no Uh, more Justice League. There's no more Batman. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's pretty much just Ivy, Harley and And her crew. crew. Yeah. So overall, what did you think of the series? I really liked it. Um, I think it's... Um, ooh, I don't know It's better, this or Young Justice Outsiders. I'd say they're both equally as good, which is really good. Both were... Both series were amazing. And um, yeah, um, if DC Universe's uh, future wasn't as uncertain... I would say it's definitely a reason to check it out. Like, Doom Patrol, Young Justice, Harley Quinn. Those are all, like, enough. Because, like, it's not like the $14 a month that Netflix is. We're not sponsored, but it is a lot cheaper. And you get comics, too, so yeah. Yeah, and I mean, that was going to kind of be my next question is, you know, compared to some of the streaming services, I mean, does DC Universe still hold up for you? Obviously, it still does. So my last question really to kind of wrap things up is, you know... When Harley Quinn came on the scene, uh, created specifically for Batman the Animated Series, I mean, overnight sensation. Uh, the writers on that show wanted every episode to be a Joker and Harley Quinn episode. Uh, Harley Quinn went on to really kind of, almost at one point, almost seemed like she was in every DC comic. Yeah. Okay, so let me ask you. you, you know, you're a comic book fan. You want to be a comic book writer. You do love these positive, strong female characters. For you, where does Harley Quinn rank for you? You know, not just this series, just overall. Where does Harley Quinn rank for you as a character? Um, yeah, because when you talk about when you talk about um, like positive like female characters, you there 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 are different things you could talk about. There's um, there's there's the Wonder Woman type deal mm-hmm. where it's just like oh, where she's like a where she's just like a symbol of hope and she's like strong and powerful. But then you also have like the Miss Marvels and the Jessica Cruises where they're dealing with real issues and it's it, it's it's a lot more real, it's a lot more grounded. And I feel like Harley Quinn is close to that, but it's like an offshoot where it's kind of more where it's 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 not the same problems that Jessica Cruz and Kamala Khan are dealing with, but it's still very internal. Like, yeah, of course, like she does exude like raw power like wonder woman does but what makes me like harley quinn more is just how much she's able to like you know just how confident she is how she's able to like 
feel like she's in control of her life and, you know, how she does react and able to, you know, move on after being in a horrible relationship. All right. Sounds good. So I think that's going to wrap up our talk here about Harley Quinn. I want to thank Cassie again for joining me. Uh, Do you have anything to plug or not really? No, not really. All right. That's all right then. So, guys, once again, as I always ask, head on over to Instagram. Stuff You Don't Need to Know is there. I post pictures, uh, polls uh, about the stuff that I talk about. I do want to give a shout out to a couple of friends of the show. Of course, as you guys know, my friends John and Alan have a podcast, the Nerd and Me podcast, uh, which is them discussing nerd topics, leaning heavily on the 80s, comic book films, comic books in general. Uh, Also check out Kevin and John's Big Stupid Podcast. Um, It is kind of like what the name says. It is a big, stupid podcast, but they have a lot of fun. I've called into their show a couple of times, uh, and they're a good bunch of guys, and they, they too, have great nerd knowledge. Um, If you're in the Central Jersey area, specifically Milltown, New Jersey, head on over to Main Street Comics. And I got something else new to plug because, you know, if you're at Main Street Comics and you feel like getting a tattoo, head over a couple of blocks to uh, Rabbit's Den Tattoo. Uh, In a few weeks, I'm going to be heading over there. I'm going to be getting my first of, I don't know, my first of many or my first of only one tattoo. And, of course, uh, I'll take pictures of it. I'll post it up. uh, I'll post it up on my Instagram. This is Jay, and I'll talk to you guys later. Whether you like it or don't like it, sit down and look at it because it's the best going today. Woo!